it's easy for entrepreneurs to get stuck in their heads. So I'd like to remind people to follow their heart because it'll make you more money. We stand today. The business method with a shadow. The business method. The business method podcast. The business method podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring successful entrepreneurs and high-profile people dissecting their business models. We dissect the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that have built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that produce over a million dollars in annual revenue. And now we're interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business and influence income results, economies, and cultures. There's a growing number of people building these caliber of businesses like this, and we're going to figure out what it takes to make this happen. Now, let's jump in today's show. The Business Method. On today's episode, we are welcoming the ultra-spiritual life coach, J.P. Sears, to the show. J.P. has been called the honey badger of the spiritual kingdom and is the creator of the popular YouTube channel, Awaken with J.P. Not only that, J.P. is a spiritual guru, international teacher, emotional healing coach, entrepreneur, and the author of a new book, How to Be Ultra-Spiritual. I wanted to bring J.P. on the podcast after seeing his video, The Entrepreneur Life. In J.P.'s terms, The Entrepreneur Life is a hard life of hustle, skill, creating apps, starting startups, telling people that you're hustling, and presenting and pretending to be a billionaire. It's a lot of hard work, but it's a glorious life when you're the rock star of the business world who does things on your own terms. I personally couldn't agree more, so here to talk about his new book and the entrepreneur life is the honey badger of the spiritual kingdom, J.P. Sears. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. How the heck are you, JP? I, uh, Chris, I am illuminated is how I am. Um, and, and I would just like to say how much of an honor it is for you to have me on the show. So I'm, I'm happy for you right now. And I would actually, uh, I'd feel very grateful if you would be very grateful that I'm on the show. I, JP, I'm incredibly grateful because I've never had an illuminated person on a show before. And have so, you had the Illuminati on your show, though? Let's ha- get something straight here. I haven't. Tell me about them. Oh, yeah, the Illuminati, they're in the process of taking over the world, and I highly recommend people uh, spend their time worrying about the Illuminati and the uh, secret reptilian society that's actually behind the Illuminati. So, you know, just all legit stuff that we should concern ourselves with. Okay, JP, we got a quick intro about you, but can you share a little bit on a deeper level who you really are? Yeah, at a deeper level, I like to say that on the surface, I'm not only the world's most spiritual man. A lot of people say that about me. Mm-hmm. At least I say that a lot of people say that about me. But also, I, I like people to see deeper into the surface of who I am and realize that I, I'm also a significant entrepreneur. I mean, am I also the honey badger of the entrepreneur world? 
I don't know, but the answer is probably yes. So that's very important to me. You know, at this point, I'd also like to let everybody know that I'm very humble. Yes. I, I'm actually the most humble person I know. I can definitely tell that. It, it's a big part of who I am, Chris. How does one define himself as the most spiritual person in the world? Well, it's beyond words. Uh, that's the best way to define it is by not even taking the trouble to think of the right words to define it. All right. Interesting. It, and that has the convenience of making it really hard for people to argue with. That's true. That's true. Now, here's a question for you. I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs on the line, and I'm wondering if you have any tips for entrepreneurs on how they can be more spiritual like you. Well, yeah, that's uh, – uh, by the way, if there's anybody on the line who's not an entrepreneur, then get the heck off <laughs> right now. Get out you of have here. no business being here. Uh, Chris and I are only wanting to talk to important people. I mean the entrepreneur life. Yes. Oh, it's big time. And ones that are spiritual too. Yeah, we'll take that. And I think really the best form of spirituality is the religion called entrepreneurship. It's really on the rise. It's really it's kind of competing with Mormonism <laughs> is the world's most uh, cult-like religion. So back to the point. Uh, how can entrepreneurs become more spiritual? I think really meditating in public is one of the most important things we can do. And of course, the purpose of meditating is to become more meditative, which then makes you better at meditating mm. so that you can get more meditative so that you're better at meditating. And, and also hot in the entrepreneurial realm is transcendental meditation and that's a, that's an important form of meditation for entrepreneurs because that's the only form of meditation that costs money. And if you're not telling people how much you paid for your meditation training, then is it worthless? Maybe. Mm, that sounds very meditative. My my guru taught me that, and and I've been paying a lot of attention to our new administration. But you know, Chris, before we digress too much. It's also really important that entrepreneurs understand when you're working in an open floor plan office space, you need to have a Buddha statue on your desk. True. Yeah, I mean, I don't even care if you look at it. The <laughs> point is other people need to look at it. Because then they think that you're more spiritual, right? Yeah, who's this Zen guy behind the computer? Yeah. I mean, how, how tapped in is he? is he sits there wearing this plain black shirt, business casual. Like, who, who's this guy dreaming up the next iPhone? I mean, I have a picture of a Buddha on the background of my iPhone, so people just know that I'm, I'm a dude that meditates. Che yeah, checkmate. And what would be, and actually, here's what the guy with the Buddha on his iPhone sitting in the open floor plan office space with the boot on his desk also <laughs> is thinking of his next big idea, his next iPhone idea is the U phone. Mm -hmm. So that's something I think, by the way, uh, I invite all the listeners to sign a non-disclosure agreement because you're hearing one of the uh, ideas I'm bringing to market. It's a new company I'm founding 
uh, which by the way, I am dead set against owning companies. I am all about being the founder of companies. So the U phone, why is that going to appeal? Because the iPhone implies selfishness. Ah. It's all about the I. And it's like, I think we live in a world that's more progressive than that. How I can get more of everybody's money is by being selfless, not selfish. And I'll do that through the U-Phone. I, I think it's really going to be a uh, game changer. It's going to completely disrupt the device market. Man, that is really deep. Now, you actually talk about something similar to that on the Entrepreneur Life video where you're talking about entrepreneurs who act like they're trying to save the world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think acting like you're trying to save the world, but also at the same time acting like you're not acting like you're trying to save the world because you want to come across genuine. <laughs> That's a really important way to for all entrepreneurs uh, for us to disguise our greed for insatiable amounts of money. Mm. So, you know, it's like my mission. My mission, I want to see every Amazon child in the jungle with a book in their hand learning in a school that's built right in the treetops. I mean, that's the vision. That's the only reason why I'm in business See what I did there? Yeah. I made it not about the money. I made it all about the illiterate Amazon child who's good <laughs> at climbing trees, the very trees that my company is going to be cutting down to make the very books that the Amazon child is holding in the very tree that I cut down. Why? Because I want that child to have a better life. Man, this so is I, deep stuff. So I say, yeah, it's like what came first? the cut down tree or the book in the child's hand in the tree. So it's very important for entrepreneurs to have an altruistic mission that they dogmatically repeat anytime someone's within at least a 50-foot proximity. I'm speechless. Uh, Chris, what's your mission as an entrepreneur? I want to empower thousands of entrepreneurs all over the world by bringing them together in events and retreats so they can take their business to the next level. I want to make billions too. <laughs> I hear the heart of your message. <laughs> yeah, that too. I mean, right? You have to have a mission statement that doesn't say I want to make billions. Absolutely. And I think what we we all need in our vocabulary, like we've got to have the gun cocked. Bef I mean, each time we leave the house. So when someone says you're just in the money, we need to have the mantra in our vocabulary that says, well, the more money I have, the more people I can help. Yes. Mm, checkmate. Deep. It's all about the other people. Okay, JP, let's dig more into the Entrepreneur Live video. And I really enjoyed that. So you hit some really important topics that entrepreneurs discuss on a daily basis, like scaling and hustling and, and Uber and Airbnb and monetizing and all this cool stuff that we talk about nonstop. Sometimes our lingo is so thick that the average person can't understand what we're saying. So <laughs> I'd like to, for you to chat a little bit about some of those topics, and maybe we could start off with scaling and the importance of scaling as an entrepreneur. 
Yeah. If you're not scaling something, then get the hell out of my life. <laughs> it's like, why are you wasting time? In fact, the only reason, Chris, why you and I are having this conversation is because we're scaling it. Yeah. We're letting other people listen to it. I refuse to speak to people one-on-one -on -one in my life anymore because there's no scale involved. How am I ever going to grow and have an exponential effect of my conversations if I'm not scaling it? But yes, yeah, scaling's where it's at, uh, and, and right now, we're also scaling our conversation about scale. Uh -huh. uh, that's something I'm very passionate about. When we're, when we're not scaling scale, uh, I, I think we're really caught in the times of the past. So, mm -hmm. you know, the moonshot, bro, what, what are you doing? Why are you trying to live on planet Earth? Why aren't you taking a moonshot? You know, how can we 100x our company's growth? Right. And, and like do that before we've even figured out how to double our company's growth. <laughs> We're playing small. You got to think like, big. Yeah. Why, why, would, uh, why would Michael Jordan go play Little League basketball? Right. It's like, come on. You, you're <laughs> in the big leagues. Don't try to make 100 grand. Go for 100 billion. Exactly. The, the most logical step from starting a startup is to go from zero revenue to a hundred billion. Yeah. Because like what has more money in it? A hundred billion dollars or a hundred thousand? <laughs> Definitely. Who would shoot for a hundred thousand anyway? It's so, so tiny. Just people who are numerically illiterate. Uh, the more, I think it was Biggie Smalls who said, the more commas, the better. He also said, "Mo money, mo problems." <laughs> he did say that, <laughs> but I, th I, I say that he should have said, "Less money, mo problems." Touche. What about more money, less problems? It, I think that works, uh, and I think that he got. Uh, he obviously survival of the fittest. He didn't survive because his mindset wasn't in it. More money, less problems. It's I true. Like Except we should spell more incorrectly, just M-O. We'll save actually a lot of time. In fact, th that's one of the ways that I'm scaling my time capacity. Now, whenever I write emails, I only write the first two letters of any given word. It's a good idea. Like, it's like, bro, come on. You expect me to write the whole word? Here, here's the first two. You figure out the next seven letters. Like that's on you. That's not my responsibility. And how's it working out? I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I spend far less time on my email, and I find I receive a lot less emails in return. Uh, yeah, and I also have less business partnerships now because of it. <laughs> but you know, I'm just trimming the fat. You know, if, if you're if someone's not a high vibe, high caliber billionaire mindset, big thinking, moonshotting entrepreneur, and like, come on, we all know we're the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. Right. But you know what I say? If we don't spend time with any other person, then they can't bring us down. Man, this is deep. I'm glad we kicked all non-entrepreneurs off the show already. Even if we didn't, they couldn't hang. They'd be like, oh, what are Chris and JP talking about? This is, it, it'd be like a, a five-year-old 
taking a Chinese algebra class in a university, they'd be like, oh, I'm out of here. I can't hang with the caliber of these guys. Now, also on the video, JP, you talked about hustle being the only emotion of entrepreneurs. And can we dive into that a little bit? Yeah, the hustle, it's not only my favorite emotion. I think it should be the only emotion. And it's also my favorite thing to talk about to be honest with you. So when we're hustling, uh, working at least 24 hours a day, preferably more, but when, when we're working 24 hours a day fueled by a constant state of anxiety that arises if we stop working for a second, we have to realize we as entrepreneurs, we're not avoiding our friends and family, we're not avoiding our own emotions. We're hustling. It's all about the hustle. Now, I feel like you're not talking fast enough, Chris. Would you mind hustling with your words? I'm sorry, man. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. You could work on that. I feel like we (laughs) 10x how fast. In fact, one idea I have is... Next time you and I have a conversation, you can just voice record everything you want to say to me. Uh-huh. Then I'll listen to it on 10 times fast forward. That's going to that's gonna be how I create more scale in conversations. Mm-hmm. Just listen to it at light speed. Like I won't be able to understand any of it. Should I, should I just email you the first two letters of everything I want to say for you to voice record? And that way it'll save us both time. I like that idea. But I'll actually have you email it to my virtual assistant. Oh, yeah, good idea. Yeah, but she's going to send send an auto response. She won't even get it. She'll <laughs> just have an automatic response that gets sent so that you get all the look and feel of communicating to me through another human who is not even communicating with you. So you get the look of human communication with none of the human. Why? Because we can scale those automatic responses. I like it. Now, I know as uh, entrepreneurs' favorite questions is, question is how do we monetize that? So, uh, JP, how do you think we could monetize hustle? Well, I think we should make videos of us hustling uh-huh. and sell subscription to those videos, obviously. So the only thing better than, say, our listeners right now hustling is them watching us hustle. Why? Because we can't monetize their hustle. We can monetize our hustle through them watching our hustling. And they can learn how to hustle better. Bro, how else are they going to learn? How else are they going to learn how to hustle than by sitting down and watching a video? Every video that we put out. Now, do you believe that since you are so spiritual that you hustle more? I, I actually, it's, there's a paradox. I'm so spiritual that I'm completely still inside. Mm-hmm. And that stillness allows me to be in constant motion while hustling. Wow. So, yeah. So my hustle can move at the infinite speed of now. So how fast do I go? Stillness. And that's fast. <laughs> I love it, man. So let's move on from hustling to tech being the one true industry in the world today. And he talked about this in the video and it's quite inspiring to me. So I was curious if you could share some of your thoughts on tech and the tech industry. 
In fact, it's probably not only inspiring, but probably life-changing. Yeah, it absolutely was. It, it was an epiphany for me. As a breakthrough. Yeah. It's like being being at 30 consecutive Tony Robbins seminars. <laughs> Nonstop, right? Absolutely. Uh-huh. And you didn't even sleep during the whole 30 consecutive seminars. <laughs> so tech, if you're a true entrepreneur then all you really need to know, you don't even have to know what you're doing. All you have to know is that you tell people you're in the tech industry. They ask, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm in tech. And I think the the need to be attached to the vagaries of the word tech, it conveys a lot of specific information about what you do. Mm -hmm. Because when, when we look at it, every single industry in the world today uses technology. So I think the more we express the ambiguity of the term I'm in tech, the more it tells people exactly what we do, which is we're in tech. Wow. I broke up with my last girlfriend because she's not in tech. What did she do? She's just a shame. Like she's (laughs) like, what, what, what am I going to do? Like tell my mom that you're a doctor like, I, I can't do that to myself. I can't do that to my family. Yeah. She wasn't in tech. Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah, I I don't understand it. I, I'm still hurt by it. <laughs> um, I think tech is a good term to use for us digital nomads because a lot of times people ask us, what do we do? Do we work in these countries that we live in? And I usually just say, oh, most of my business is online, so I can just work from anywhere. But I think just using or saying, oh, I'm in tech, that might shut people up quicker so I don't have to communicate. Breakthrough. Mm-hmm, powerful. Waste. You're no longer wasting your time on unscalable conversations. Oh, man. Laptop lifestyle as a techapreneur. I'm learning so much from you, man. Mm. Mm. I, I feel like we're both growing a lot <laughs> from this. Would you like to pause for some reflections? Let me take a deep breath real quick. <sighs> and I, I love what you just did there, Chris. I think I'm learning something from you. You announced that you're taking a deep breath. Because a deep breath that's taken without being announced was it really taken? Probably. Like, are if you if you center yourself, but you don't tell people you're centering yourself. I don't know that the centering actually just happened. It's really important that other people know this. Absolutely. If a tree falls in the forest and doesn't make a sound, and nobody's there to hear it, does it actually make a sound? No way. Well, what I say is. You want to cut that tree in the forest down and have it land on someone. That way they'll <laughs> definitely know it was cut down. And they won't even know that it made a sound. They'll be crushed by it. Is this a so, tree? So, bro, you, Go ahead. You, you crushed us with that deep breath you just took. I, I feel like I'm inspiring from your inspiration. Yeah, and I'm feeling inspired by how you're inspired by my inspiration. Is this tree that we cut down that fell on somebody, the one in the Amazon that we used to make a book to help kids in the Amazon? Yes. And guess who that child landed on? I don't know. The lap of the listener. 
the benefit of a podcast is you're not the one crushed by the tree we just cut down. And now the mission of our company is we need to plant more trees in the Amazon. (laughs) To save the rainforest that we use to cut down to create the books for the kids to read. That's why we're in tech. (laughs) I hear you're a big Gary Vee fan. Is that correct? I am. From a religious perspective, I'm a monotheist. I only believe in worshiping one person. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, our savior, Gary Vaynerchuk, is the one person. And I think the honorable mentions of uh, Elon Musk... Yeah. Steve Jobs, Richard Branson. I mean, though they're they're involved in the lineage yeah. that Gary Vaynerchuk comes from. Yeah, man. I'll I, I spend hours every day watching his videos. So I'm gonna put you on the spot real quick, JP. Can you give us a Gary V impression? Do you know what the problem with the marketplace is? We don't listen. We don't listen. We've got to listen. Mm. I, I, I feel like I didn't hit the sweet spot. It was of good. Gary B. I, I don't know. I don't know. I am rolling up my pants. That feels very G- Gary V right now. <laughs> Do you mind if we take the next nine hours and really get in touch with our inner Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah, I think so. Do you, we need to meditate to do that? Yes. Yeah. But I'm going to work on my Gary V. He has big, big shoes to fill. He does. He really does. He's an impressive guy. Okay, so I hear, JP, that you come from a really long lineage of gurus. Is that correct? Uh, Yes, and it is correct that it's correct as well. (laughs) Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about that lineage? Yeah, uh, one of the gurus, uh, JP Paji, he came before me and... What he did is he handed me a direct connection to all that is through him, the middleman. Um, And he also taught me that there's some gurus, because when we get into gurus, we got to be careful. Mm -hmm. They're not all legit. So he taught me there's some gurus who don't sleep with their followers. Really? And we got to watch out for them. I mean, the false gurus, <laughs> I think, are a trap that it, it just breaks my heart to see innocent people falling for them. Uh, it's, it's dangerous, to say the least. Uh-huh. Well, how so, do you go, well, I guess if you're sleeping with your followers, that's one way to recognize that that's a legitimate guru. Absolutely. And the, the guru's willingness to let you know that they're a legitimate guru Uh and for them to rationalize uh, why sexual freedom with them and no one else is a spiritual endeavor. And I think also a guru's ability to allow you to pay for voluntary mandatory donations is, it's just another great sign of someone who cares. And, (laughs) and, you know, someone who's so selfless and humble that they demand you not only worship them while they're alive, but also continuing to worship while they're worshiping while they're dead. They, I mean, that's a legit person. Someone who, yeah, they're humble. 
they're yeah. they're all about you <laughs> by making so. you worship them it's for your own benefit and the best way to become a leader is by getting your followers to follow you right obviously powerful powerful stuff jp you have a new book coming out right that would be true how to be ultra spiritual 12 and a half steps to spiritual superiority can you share some of those steps with us? I can. Uh, one of the steps is how to become a vegan, satiating your spiritual hunger. And within that, I, I share with people through not the holy book I've written, but the holiest book that's ever been written that I wrote. I share with people how to out-vegan other vegans yeah, that I think this is sound, important. Yeah, that sound you made is good. Uh, <laughs> another step is how to get past the inconvenience of being human. And I teach people how to bury their feelings alive to help them thrive. And, you know, of course, I cover merciless meditation. I talk to people about how they can become critically non judgmental. And one of the steps that I'm particularly excited about is the plant medicine compulsion step. Mm. And I think the, uh, the entrepreneur culture is really tuning into this particular step. The, you know, go to Silicon Valley, you have people microdosing on psilocybin mushrooms and of course a macro dose is more than a micro dose and more is always better so uh, we can consider that and in the entrepreneurial realms going to the jungle and taking ayahuasca is of course it's trending and i think the benefit of plant medicine is it gives you the ability to experience a level of enlightenment that you don't have the ability to experience without the plant spirit in your body. I think the only flaw of a human being is we're accidentally made with human spirits in our bodies instead of a plant spirit in our body. But that's where plant medicine comes in. It helps us better replace our human spirit with a plant spirit, which is a more conscious spirit. And thus, we can become more entrepreneurial and save the world and make billions. Bro, that's what being spiritual is all about, helping the world so you can make billions doing it. <laughs> I love it. When's your book come out? The book, it's available for pre-order now. Uh, from a spiritual perspective, uh, it's never not now, by the way. <laughs> uh, and soon, it'll be officially released March 7th. So pre-order now and i'm not charging anything for the book oh, wow. uh, but there is a mandatory donation that amazon <laughs> okay. and barnes and noble will make you pay it's very noble of you yeah thank you thank you i like that strategy all right and let's see jp i know that our listeners would like this you actually use the book the four hour work week to become more spiritual so can you tell us how you applied the tactics from the four hour work week and use them in your spiritual life absolutely to create the four hour spiritual week 
Like, why worry about being a good person like all week? Like, screw that. <laughs> how, how can I scale this? How can I outsource some of it? So now I only spend four hours a week being a good person. Like, how much more time do I have? Like, I can be much more myself now. Uh, so it's so efficient. So one of the things I do, I no longer meditate. Why? I just outsource my meditation to meditation centers in India. So not only do I save time, but I don't have to pay them very much money. And people in India are better at meditating than people in America. So I get, yeah, I save time. I get a much better meditation experience with none of the meditation. Genius. And I love this. And how has your life changed because of it? Oh, it's, I mean... My life has changed so much that I can't even notice how it's changed. Wow. Yeah. It's just, it's beyond comprehension. And, and I would like to uh, thank Tim Ferriss for writing the four-hour work week so that I could then trumpet with my four-hour spiritual week video. And you're doing pretty well with that. Yeah. Thank you for noticing. No problem. I, I, I do well. Uh, in fact, I do so well that I'm earning six and seven figures. Like Chris, I'm not going to tell you how much money I make because uh-huh. I'm more humble than that. That's good. But but it's seven figures. <laughs> That's amazing. Like it, and right now, you have no clue how much money I'm making because no. like I'm I'm just not going to tell you. Yeah. But it's seven figures, <laughs> so it's like it's so mysterious. JP, is there anything that you want to leave the entrepreneurs out there with? Any more tidbits about spirituality or entrepreneurship? I do advocate entrepreneurs follow their heart. I think the heart always leads us uh, where we need to go and express. It helps us express our great gifts to the world better than our heart ever could. And I think it's something that entrepreneurs... Uh, it's easy for entrepreneurs to get stuck in their heads. So I'd like to remind people to follow their heart because it'll make you more money. (laughs) Now, one more question before we wrap up. I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are anti-spiritual. And which, I, by the way, that is a very spiritual position to be in. I love it. It's like you're so spiritual. You're against spirituality because you're above it. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I was, I was going to say, could be an anti-spiritual actually be an act of being spiritual? The word ultra spiritual is a derivative of the ancient Greek word anti-spiritual. So, bro, it's what I teach. <laughs> The only thing worse than not being spiritual is only being spiritual. And that's why I teach people how to be ultra-spiritual, which is anti-spiritual, because it's much more than being spiritual. Words of wisdom from J.P. Sears, the honey badger of spirituality. J.P., can you inform the listeners where they can get a hold of you at if they want to reach out to you? Yes, all my social media handles are Awaken with JP. 
Excellent. And you guys, JP has some other great videos that can apply to entrepreneurs out there. Some of them include pursuing your passion versus accepting what is, how to deal with rejection, balancing work and family life, becoming successful on YouTube. Of course, the one we talked about, the four-hour spiritual week, self-discipline, is it helping or harming you, the dark side of goal setting, and how to be a life coach. So we're going to wrap up there. JP, I want to give you a huge thank you for dumping your wisdom onto us thank you for kicking out all non-entrepreneurs off the show and thank you for teaching us about ultra spirituality my friend you're welcome i was following my calling tonight all right and we're going to wrap up there thank you listeners for joining us once again and we'll see you all on the next episode bye everybody Hey listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high performance productivity coaching and our five, six, seven, and eight figure private masterminds. These are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That's thebusinessmethod.com. And we'll see you all on the next episode.